into the new year and so with, uh, with the thought about time and uh, the opportunity to think about time in the light of that reality, um, I'm going to bring to you a New Year's type of message and so titled Maximize the Moment, Maximize the Moment and uh, we're going to talk about four different timeless realities that come from scripture and so if you if you have your Bibles I want to encourage you to turn to um, Psalm 90 and that's where we'll start here in just a couple of minutes Psalm 90 and have your Bibles ready we'll be reading there um, in just a minute or so Joanne can you bring me those clips I forgot to keep the wind from winning here thanks so Psalm 90 and we'll uh We'll take a look at the uh, passages. I think about time, think about New Year's. It's always, it's always a good place to pause and reflect, right? Think about maybe the past and what a year it's been, right? We think about 2020 and I think it'll go down and history is one of the most interesting years that uh, uh, we've experienced. Uh, but sometimes we, we not only do the year in review, right? You see that and people that have died and there's a whole list of people that passed away in 2020 or all the crazy things that happened in this year. Maybe look at the stock market and see the changes that are reflected there. Maybe the election. You know, uh, when, we, when we transition to a new year, we do a lot of this. We, we often look to the future as well, right? We look to the new year and we, we look with great hope and anticipation of what's to come. The reality is that we don't necessarily live in the past, and we shouldn't live in the past, nor can we live realistically in the future, right? We, we, we can't just stay realistically in the good old days, all right? Uh, which uh, maybe 2020 wasn't uh, a good old day or a good old year, but uh, nevertheless, we, we can't just exist in the past, nor can we live in re in re really in the future. We're, what, what's, what have we been given? We've been given today, and that's what we're talking about, is maximizing the moment, optimizing the opportunities that God has given you to live now. And I think when, when we, we, it's not that we can't have hope for the future, right? We need to plan for the future. I think sometimes having hope and, 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 and a purpose drives us to continue to maximize today, knowing that tomorrow uh, has incredible opportunities for us as well. Um, but we can't live there. We can't live in that artificial reality. And so we've been given today. It only causes us to reflect, but I think it also causes us to do some introspection. You know, looking inward. And that's why we make New Year's resolutions, right? Or people make New Year's resolutions because there are things in their life that maybe they want to see changed. And they want to make sure that in order to have a better future, they need to maximize and optimize the moment that they are in and so so these are the things that we're going to talk about here today is incredible opportunities to learn from scripture be reminded from scripture what the word of god has to say regarding time and so psalm 90 and traditionally has been understood as the psalm of moses we read psalm 90 verses 7 to 11 if you're there you can follow along with me but we are brought to an end by your anger by your wrath, we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you and our secret sins in the light of your presence. 
for all our days are passed away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are 70, even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? Now, I, I know that sounds kind of dark, you know, and, and we think about the anger and the wrath of God. But let me, let me just point out the point that I need to make from this passage. Life is short. And it's done in contrast to the eternality of God. God is forever. And if we, I don't think we can wrap our head around forever, right? Um, it's, it's a reality that is foreign to us because we are stuck in time and space. We don't, we don't know what it means to, to remove those boundaries and see eternal future and eternal past. As hard as that is to comprehend, I think it does, we, we can understand that time is short. Time moves quickly. You know, I'm walking around and hanging out with a bunch of 18 to 20 year old Marines on, a, on, a, on every given day and, and uh, think that I'm kind of one of them and then I look in the mirror, right? <laughs> and then the reality is like, you're not one of them. You're, 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 you're two to three times their age, you know, and you, you, your, your time here is brief. I don't know if with age I become more conscious of time. I always thought about this. If a two-year-old thinks about a year as being 50% of their life, right? Not that a two-year-old would be thinking of that. But um, as a 50-year-old, 50% of my life is 25 years, right? So there's a big difference. You know, is time moving faster? No, but it, it, it is different as we get older. Um, and I think maybe reflecting on the brevity of life, the shortness of life, um, from the scriptures here, right? What does it say? We spend our years, uh, and the King James says, as a tale that's been told. I really like that because um, it's a story that's been written in indelible ink, and it can never be undone and changed. We can't go back and redo the past, right? We have to maximize the moment. We are... If we're still here, there are still pages being written, still chapters that are being formed in our life. And I think we meet, need to, to optimize those moments and maximize those opportunities that God has given us to live. And so I think the first point is understanding that life is brief. Why is it? Because this, the author here says we are sinners. All right, we understand the New Testament clarifies that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That yes, there is an eternal life that we will, by trusting Christ, be able to spend an eternity with God. The reality is the time on, here, time on earth here is short. It's brief. Because we're sinners by nature. I think the other thing that we see here is God is justified in his wrath, right? We should read this and not be troubled by this. But it should open our eyes to the fact that God is justified because we are sinners. Now, probably here, if it, Moses is the author as we, we, we think he is, this is probably our oldest psalm. And it's written probably from Moses' experience with the stubbornness of Israel, right? The hard-heartedness. And what we get to a little bit later pastor, pa passage um, in Hebrews, it talks about not hardening our heart in the day of provocation. Israel was, was a people that provoked God and, to wrath. When, when remember when spies went into the promised land and they, they got uh, uh, the majority 
10 of the 12 gave an evil report. Now you say, well, why was it evil? I think it wasn't evil in the fact that it distorted the truth. The truth was the land had giants, right? The land was going to be a challenge, but I think it was evil because they, they didn't see God in his ability to give them victory and deliver them from the inhabitants of that evil land. Provoking God to wrath, punishing that generation, forcing them to stay in the wilderness for 40 years and giving the next generation the opportunity to go in and take the land. And so, so when we read this, I think God is justified in his wrath because we're sinners by nature. So we see that in, in the ESV, it says to an end, you know, our years to an end in verse nine, like a sigh. Um, if, if you turn to James, just, just briefly, we'll flip to James. Hold your spot in Psalms. We'll be back to it in just a minute. But James chapter 4, in verses 13 and 14. And if you want to hold your spot in James, because we'll go back to there uh, in a little bit. So those two, two main texts is what we're going to look at. James, kind of a, like a, a, a New Testament book of Proverbs. And I think that's a good way to look at James. James chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. It says, Come now, you who say... Today or tomorrow we'll go into such a city or such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet do you not know what tomorrow will bring? What is your life? For it is a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes it away, vanishes away. So in in, in Psalm ninety, verse nine, it was it was the sigh that that last exhale, that breath, or the King James saying it was a tale that has been told, a story that's been written and can never be unwritten, representing the shortness and, and the brevity of life. And I think here it's a vapor or it is a mist. Kind of reminds me of the growing up in the cold. This isn't cold, folks. Yeah. <laughs> I, went, I called my dad. He said, yeah, it's high at 25 today, you know. When you go outside in weather like that, it, it is your 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 breath the moisture vaporizes into a visible um, uh, mist if you will and and then goes away um, maybe at Disneyland the misters right where you walk through the lines and <laughs> water's being sprayed in the warm humidity of Florida but but the fact of the matter is it's brief that's the message that I think we need to understand about time I think young people think they have all the time in the world, right? And as we get older, we realize how quickly time is moving. And then we come to that winter season of our life and we think time is so short. And I, I, my, my point is this, don't, I don't want you to live with regret. I wished I would have, but I can't go back. And I think that's what the psalmist is saying here. We, we have a brief existence. That's what James is saying. We aren't here for long. So let's not presume upon the future. We'll get to some of the details in verses 13 and 14 in a little bit. But uh, what should that cause us to do? Let's go back to Psalm 90 in verses 12 to 17 as we think about the shortness of life. Psalm 90 beginning in verse 12. We'll read through 17. So in light of those realities, right? God is eternal. Time is short. We are sinners. God is just in his wrath. Bring punishment. What do we do? The psalmist will tell us in verse 12 and through 17. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. 
Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days, even if they're short, right? Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. You know what the psalmist is saying here? In light of those first realities, life is short. And God is angry because of our sin. We need to pray. That's what 12 through 17, there's like seven different requests that the psalmist asks of God. The first is teach us. Verse 12. Teach us to number our days and to apply our hearts to wisdom. To realize that yes, time is short. I need to number the days and 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 make the most of the opportunities to grow and to learn and to become smarter, wiser in the things of God. So if we do have limited time, let's make the most of it. We need to maximize those moments. The second thing is, is that we need to, to as a psalmist here specifically, probably in the context, feeling maybe a little bit abandoned by God because of the sinful condition of the people, he says, return and have pity. That's the next prayer request. Not only to teach us, but to return to us and have pity on us. You know, there's something about humility here that I see. Not only prayer for wisdom, but prayer for humility. That God would just just see the, the, the brokenness and the humility of his people and return with blessings and deliverance for his people. Verse 14, it says, Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love. What a beautiful phrase, right? I don't know about you, but I, I find that meaningful, loving relationships are incredibly satisfying. You know, I look at a world where they're trying to find maybe satisfaction in, let's say, can, can, I, can I just be adults with you here for a moment? With sex? But I would much rather be in a loving relationship and find satisfaction in in a, a, a singular, long-term, meaningful relationship with my wife. They're never going to find what they're looking for in all those places. It's found in a meaningful relationship. And the, the children of Israel are saying, God, we need to find this meaningful, loving relationship in you. I will be satisfied in that relationship. It's unfortunate. I see so many people looking for love in all the wrong places, you know, and trying to find satisfaction and things that won't satisfy, they're temporal, they're fleeting, you know, there's maybe pleasure momentarily, but not long term. So this is the psalmist's prayer. Also says, make us glad, and we could make the same point here as I just made in verse 14, to not only be satisfied in the steadfast love of God and rejoice in Him, really, and be glad all our days. It's, it's from him. In spite of the evil, in spite of the, the struggles, in spite of the pain, that God can bring gladness to our hearts. Verse 16, it says, help us see. I think that's probably the easiest way to understand it. Verse 16, let your work be shown to your servants and 
your glorious power to their children. Generations recognizing who God is and, and, and rejoicing in that, seeing that. Do you ever think about the phrase, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob? That means every generation, three generations there, we don't just inherit the relationship with God. My kids don't automatically go to heaven because dad accepted Christ. Each generation must make a decision to receive Christ personally. And so I think this is important that not only we have it, but we somehow pray that our children will have it, that they will see, right? That the work of God not only is understood in our minds, but in the next generation's mind. The only way we could do that is try to put them in a context where those things are happening. Have discussions where, where we celebrate what God is doing, that they too might be able to see it and then someday receive it. Make sense? Time is short. And these things need to be what we're praying about or what we need to value. In verse 16, help us see. Verse 17, there's two here that gives us the sixth and seventh prayer request of the psalmist in light of the reality that life is short. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us. God, show us your favor. Bless us with your blessings and establish the work of our hands. I don't just want to be busy, right? I want to be productive. I want to have the sense that the thing that I'm doing is going to be of worth and of value. And I'm not saying it always has to be overtly Christian, or how do I say this, overtly I think the best way I can explain it is to give you an example. It's important that we have our kids in church, but if there's not Christianity that's taking place every day, it, 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 is, it, is, it is shallow. It is, it is not meaningful. So if it means just me and my son changing a tire on a car and having, a, having some wonderful fellowship and I can mentor him in just life, You know, if, 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 I don't know, is it, I'm having a hard time explaining that. If I can't sit and do the dishes for my wife because I know that she's had a long day too, um, what, is, what is my Christianity really communicating? So what I'm saying, it doesn't have to be overtly Christian stuff. Mm -hmm. Yes, I want to read my Bible and, and, and model that before my kids, but I also want to spend meaningful time in everyday life with my kids and with my family mm -hmm. so that I can continue to influence them. And I want God to establish the work that I'm doing, that it has meaning, that it's just not activity and busyness. So life is short. I think Psalm 90 makes it clear. What do we do in the light of that reality? We better be focused on the important things, optimizing life, making the most of it, and praying that God would continue to work in us and through us in that process. Not only life is short, But if you go back to James, we'll see that tomorrow is uncertain. Tomorrow is uncertain. Now back in James chapter 4, we read verses 13 and 14, and you have the, and I, I guess the best way to describe it is the arrogant man who just presumes upon tomorrow. And he says, today I'm going to do this, tomorrow I'm going to do this, I'll go to this city and I'll spend and serve and do this, having 
such a clear, defined future that he has not factored God into it, right? Not that we shouldn't plan, not that we shouldn't prepare. I hope in maybe 10 years to open a bakery with Matt. I mean, I think that would, that that's our plan, and I'll just be honest with you. He's, I'm going to be a barista. Is there a masculine, a barista? I don't know. I want to make no. coffee. <laughs> no, I want to make coffee, and he can make the muffins or whatever to go with my coffee. I've got all kinds of ideas, you know, and uh, we talk a lot about it, but I know that God might have another plan. So that's what we're talking about here. Look at verses 15 and 16 of James 4. Instead, you ought to say, well, what did he say before? We just mentioned that, right? Verse 13, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your ignorance and all such, or arrogance, excuse me, and all such boasting is evil. I think there's a simple statement that I think we could pull out here that tomorrow is uncertain. So don't presume upon it. Don't, don't plan as if it is going to happen. Life is a complicated matrix of many variables. There's things that in our finiteness that... that in, that we don't understand, see, or know. Who would have who would have guessed 2020 would have turned out the way it did, right? Never. Never in my wildest dreams. There's so much that happened, so many things that just, just were literally off my radar and I didn't anticipate. <laughs> but nevertheless, God is still sovereign and God's Amen. still in control. Amen. And so we need to be flexible. Somebody said the best ability is flexibility. Um, I'm trying to be more flexible. And I don't know, like my physical body as I get older, it's not as flexible as it once was. Things tend to pop, snap, pull, break um, as I realize that I'm not as flexible as I once was. But I'm hoping as I mature that there is there is a maturing flexibility. You know what I'm saying about being spiritually and emotionally adaptable to the changes in life because tomorrow is uncertain and I think what this if, if the first one life is short what is what is the I will statement I will pray right go back to Trace's challenge here I think the second one if if life is short so I will pray and it gives us seven things to pray about pray about um, if tomorrow is uncertain I think the clear I will statement for that one is I will trust a sovereign God to make my life meaningful even in the midst of uncertainty and change. I, I'm a planner. I'm always thinking ahead. And this for me is a challenge. But I hope that we can adjust to the things that God has for us. So life is short. Tomorrow is uncertain. This goes without saying, but I need to say it. The third biblical truth on time is that we need to live today. We need to live today. Look at Ephesians, if you want to turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Verses 15, 16, and 17. We're going to spend the rest of our time here in these two verses. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk, not as un, 
wise. Does that sound like a common theme here already? Wisdom. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of time. Maybe that should have been my title. <laughs> Making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Somebody said this, and I think it's an interesting statement. Yesterday is a canceled check. Tomorrow is a promised, promissory note. And today is the only cash that you have. Spend it wisely. You know, it is, it is important to recognize can't live in the past, nor can we live in the future. Today is the day where we live. Maybe 2 Corinthians, you don't need to turn there. I'll just read it to you, 6 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. In a favorable time I listened to you, and the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Now is the day of salvation. Today's the day. We don't get saved in the past. Maybe we got saved in the past, but we don't get saved in the past. We can't get... Technically, we can get saved in the future, but today's the moment. Tomorrow's not certain. Time is now. You know, it's interesting. Today will fade into tomorrow. And then it'll be gone. Mm -hmm. You know, it is, it's just interesting. As I think about the ocean, just each wave that crushes, it, it, this crashes on the shore is like a, a moment in time that happens and, and can never happen again. Only to be followed by another wave. As time churns and churns and churns, slowly just moving from, from past to present to future. It is, it is something that is not controlled, but a reality. Hebrews, it happens twice. They quote David, and then they quote all the way back to, to um, the children of Israel. And this is what I mentioned earlier. Today, if you hear, when? Today. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Hebrews 3, 7 and 8. And then Hebrews again in Hebrews 4, 7 says today, saying through David so long afterward, and the words already quoted, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Finally, the thing I, I think we need to highlight is this. Not only is life short, not only is tomorrow uncertain, fact is we do need to live today why do we need to live today and live today to its fullest it's said it here because the days are evil mm -hmm. i always wrestled with that what does that mean the days are evil does it mean that we just live in sinful times in part yes but i think there's something more there the days are evil meaning it's very e easy to allow evil to use our time mm -hmm. let's go back to the verse here Look carefully at how you walk, not as unwise, but wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. They're not, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I think daily we need to wrap our mind around the will of the Lord and daily need to step out by faith and trust the sovereign God now and for our future. We're called here to be cautious. We're called here to be wise. I think when, when we're not conscious about our time, 
you ever meet somebody that's incredibly productive in life in all areas? You're like, how do they do that? I think they maximize time. Benjamin Franklin was one of those. I remember studying and reading a little about his life, and even as a news, I think he delivered newspapers um, on a train. So he would ride the train and pass out newspapers. And even in his downtime, he would be reading and researching and studying. He didn't just he didn't just um, focus energies in one area, but broad areas, and 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 continue to learn about all different things in life. I mean. It, it, it is it is great men like that or great women like that that to me are so inspiring that they live a life well spent well lived and, and my encouragement to you today is because 2020 was such a challenge don't waste time hmm. we can we can we can get stuck in our beds we can we can get stuck in our houses and just just wish it would all go away or we can say in spite of this I'm going to maximize the moment I'm going I want to challenge you to maybe pick up books that you haven't read before get a Kindle if that's a better meet mode for you to, to to read from maybe listen to podcasts continue to learn and grow in spite of these challenges you have a hobby pursue that hobby like you've never pursued it before you've got people that you're looking to serve and help why not take the opportunity to, to to reach out and help somebody else because I think the problem is is we get very introverted when when things like this start happening and we begin to shut out and, and shut ourselves in please I don't know when this is gonna end I don't know when things are gonna if they'll ever get back to normal but I don't want you to waste time <laughs> what a gift Amen. God has been generous to us we, we, we have been giving, given one life to live. And I, and I hope that you spend it well. Just some thoughts on time. I hope this was a good use of our time. I'm glad that you were here today, and I wish you a very happy new year. I'm not sure what, what the future will bring, but I know who's there. And I know the fact that... Uh, the promise is the Christians that he's never going to leave us or forsake us. And so be encouraged. Be, be, be thoughtful of these things and mindful of these things. Time's evil. Don't let evil consume your time. Use it wisely. And I'm sure God will bless. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our time here together. God, I pray that it would truly be seen as a gift from you and that we would would honor and glorify you with the whole of our lives, Lord, that uh, in public, in private, we would make good use of our time. And so, God, we pray, despite the fact that life is short compared to you, your eternal God, that we would live it well. I thank you for the folks that are here today. I pray that you would not only bless us today, but we would trust you for the future, that we would honor and glorify you in these things. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.